Hello and welcome to a new episode of Block Tales. My name is Sarah. I'm the Managing Director of Blockchain Founders Group. And today I have Veronique with me. She is VP Group Compliance and Managing Director at Bitpanda. And I'm really looking forward to hearing everything about your career and how you got there. Thank you for being here. So maybe let's start with a very quick introduction of yourself. And then later on, we will uh, yeah, talk a lot more about in depth um, about your experiences and everything else. Great, thank you. Great pleasure to be here. Um, yes, well, I joined Bitpanda in December 2021 um, as the managing director of the German subsidiary in Frankfurt uh, and also as the group compliance officer um, in Vienna uh, for Bitpanda Group. Um, so a really interesting experience so far, um, but more to come. Perfect. Thank you so much. So maybe let's start with our one first question. So how would you explain your Web3 everyday life to your grandma? Oh, well, the content is the same as ever, but the technical translation is different. Uh, this means many processes are much faster, simplified, or some are a little different, but my role remains to figure out potential risks from the business, including the new technology. Wow, interesting. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's true, especially in your role. I think uh, the, the things are the same, but uh, with, another, with another color, let's put it that way. So maybe um, how did you get into blockchain in the blockchain space? What brought you there? How did you get interested in the topic? So yeah, let us know about your personal story a little bit. Well, I was I was curious and I perceived an increasing interest from the financial community and experienced leaders in the industry. So I watched the developments, but I was still uncertain to really to really join it. Um, and then sometime later, I got an invitation from Bitpanda for an interview with their sea levels. Um, and uh, it was such a good atmosphere. And I really liked the mission and strategy of Bitpanda. And they convinced me to take the risk and step into this new world. So um, you didn't start learning on a private on a private basis. So you really made the switch to the blockchain space um, with Bitpanda. No, I I heard of the topic. Uh, well, I think at the a bit sometime before uh, Empty Gox <laughs> failed. Um, and uh, I, I heard of this new crypto topic, and I was I was looking at it, but I was not I was not really trusting it. Then empty Gox happened, and I thought, well, good decision <laughs> to not be part of it. Um, but later on, I heard from a colleague of mine that it might be an interesting option, and I bought such a physical ledger. Uh, bought it and and had my first trades and I I know I opened this account and set up the password and I thought oh I'm, I'll miss it one day I'll miss it I'll never get to those assets again and I was so nervous that I do something wrong I had this I had 18 different passwords to get that final word to open the the wallet again and I thought oh goodness if I do something wrong all is gone so I I invested my 
my first money in Ethereum when it was below 200 euros. Uh, so sometime good choice. But I was I really invested a very small piece because I I was not sure if I would ever see it again. I thought don't don't risk too much. What was a wrong decision finally? <laughs> Yeah, but you never know. Uh, it was it wasn't sure, for sure that things evolved that way. So um, yeah, I had a similar experience with very little small money. But you hear all of these stories, like oh, someone lost its his password and is is digging somewhere in the dirt to to finding it or find find a hard drive or whatever. So um, I thought, don't invest too much. But I was wondering, and I thought, well. Why is it so difficult to set up such a wallet? Why is it why is it so hard and why do you need to take so many risks and and risk to lose all your all your funds? Um, so I, I really like the idea of, of Bitpanda having a fully regulated setup to ensure you have your investor protection like in any other asset class as well. And you're also able to invest from one euro on because that was not possible at the first exchanges I was trading. So you had to you had to buy what was offered. Um, fractions were were more expensive, and there was a lot of a lot of, of fee as an add-on. Um, so it was not that easy. Now this has completely changed. So you can really set up your can really create your own wealth um, and invest in crypto without those risks of losing the wallet or losing access to it. Um, and have also the, the privilege of being fully regulated. If I compare it to in Germany, for example, we are a, a fully regulated institution. So I have to apply to all the requirements that are also apply to a bank. Um, and I think this is a main difference Now we also have Mika in place, or not yet in place, but it's already approved on European level, so will be implemented within the next uh, within the next 12 to 18 months, um, and it will further align and ensure a level playing field throughout Europe. Uh, but for now, um, it's it's really an advantage being part of a regulated uh, entity um, because there are so many local differences. And with, with Bitpanda, I really found a provider that enables clients to hold their funds and, and have them safe. I think this is maybe coming back to, to the topic of uh, being fully regulated, because maybe like the first question that came up to my mind is, Who else is fully regulated? I mean, I know so many um, exchanges, but to be honest, I don't know who is like also fully regulated and who is not. Maybe you can tell us a little more about that and also what it means. So in your personal day, everyday life, but also what are the regulations that really uh, Bitpanda is taking care of? I think this is like a super interesting topic. Yeah, indeed. In in Germany, there are there is only a small number of of regulated providers, and not every one of them is providing services to retail clients. So, uh, so it's it's uh, it's not much yet. Uh, the main difference is we are allowed to do marketing from what the client can see, but on the other mm -hmm. on the other side, we have to provide a lot of organizational setup, a lot of controls, a lot of check, a lot of compliance and governance 
that is required from us from the regulator and it's also important to ensure the quality of the services. So for example, we apply to the minimum requirements on risk management, the so-called MRISC in Germany, but we also apply to the German Banking Act to the capital adequacy requirements and, and many other requirements that are in place for banks and ensure that there is stability, that developments like we've seen them outside of, of, uh, of Germany and in the crypto world do not happen to us, like the FTX topic, for example. So there is a minimum requirement on internal controls that is needed. Or if I compare it to other banks that failed recently, uh, we are obliged to apply to a number of to a number of requirements, to a number of reports, and so on. To what are to to be a little more precise? I think it's clear that you talked about, for example, the Silicon Valley Bank and the situation with FTX. So, what are the the rules that really would help uh, those? companies not to fail or what 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 would would, would have been important um on the on the regulatory side that those things uh, did not happen so when looking at ftx for example they were lending their client assets so this is something we don't do at bitpanda we keep them in our cold storage so they're really safe they are not part of our exchange so they're really kept safe We don't lend them, we don't allow any other person or institution access to those assets and they are always held in custody. So there is no betting of uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe prices go down and we can buy something back cheaper or something comparable. You buy it, we keep it for you and once you want to sell, it's, it's at hand, it's available. And I think that is very important and uh, makes sure you are safe. On the other side, we have a lot of fraud prevention setups in place, means we have a segregation of duties, we have a four eyes principle, uh, we have a compliance function as such, uh, we have an internal audit function, we have a risk function, everything that is required as a bank, do we have in place? And this is something that costs money, but nevertheless, we are able to provide our services at a very good price. So from that point of view, I think it's important, whatever you implement as additional controls need to be, needs to be efficient, needs to be as an STP in particular, to make sure you remain as fast as possible without any manual stop. And this is what we've set up. We've set up a lot of monitoring and controlling processes that are just part of, of the flow. So the client doesn't realize it, but it protects him. Understand. So you just said you can offer all those um, security levels and still offer good prices for your customers. How can you do that, especially if you compare Bitpanda to other exchanges? Because um, I, I don't know why they why other exchanges decided not to be in such a regulated environment or why they don't want to go that step further or so what is or how did Bitpanda get to to such a clear um yeah standing point well i think Bitpanda is unique in in that way so founded in austria which is a 
which is a really reliable jurisdiction comparable to Germany. Um, they applied very early for their VASP license, so the virtual asset provider license. Um, there was a significant starting point in providing regulated services. So while setting up the business, this was always part making sure you protect your clients and your client assets. Um, now we are coping in and providing our services in so many different uh, countries throughout uh, Europe. Um, I think this is, this is really our selling point, um, that we are fully regulated, that we make sure to not lose money, lose assets, and avoid any losses for our clients uh, while providing the service, but also enable them to access many, many assets because we offer a really broad range of assets and services throughout the group. Wow, interesting. So w what kind of um, assets, is, uh, assets do you offer like on top? Because I think BitPanda is uh, mostly known for, for crypto, for tokens, for coins. But what else do you offer? Uh, yes, of course. Well, the, the, the crypto, the crypto uh, topic is, is huge and uh, many of us know it's just for crypto. Um, of the, the range is really broad. We offer more than 200 different crypto assets uh, also indices uh, on crypto so it's possible to also invest in a bunch of uh, assets uh, with just one euro uh, nevertheless we have an additional uh, mifid license in austria which we passport to germany for example and every other eu country uh, so it's possible to also buy stocks fractional stocks and shares we offer we offer metals we offer uh, we offer derivatives uh, so really different ways to invest money uh, at uh, well different risk levels of course um, so it's in particular interesting also if you just have your if you, your strategy is just buy and hold you can buy and for example stake your crypto assets Uh, or you invest in an ETF to maybe start saving money in an, in a huge indice like uh, like S&P 500 or something. So all is possible. And the stocks we provide is more than 2K stocks. So you yeah. and you start with one euro each. Uh, so it's really That's perfect. a huge. So you're trying to cover everything or like a huge range of a variety of, of pot, uh, possibilities. And you also told me that on the other hand, you start working together with corporations um, or together with banks to also um, enable banks to, to sell crypto, right? Indeed, indeed. So on one hand, on one hand well, we try to do anything to be as comfortable as possible for our clients. So the customer journey is very important to us because, um, because it's what you first see from, from a company. But there is some kind of impediment to register with a new company. It's much more comfortable if you are able to just click on a button and buy crypto or buy other assets Uh, with your with your well-known bank, you are a client for maybe decades. 
Um, yes. So this is this is something we are adding. Um, we have a lot to offer because um, it's interesting for the banks because they increase their revenues. Usually they don't offer crypto. And uh, while we have seen the latest developments from the Basel Committee in December, um, it's unlikely that banks will add crypto to their own portfolio and sell it directly to clients. So we enable them by using our licenses to offer it to clients and, well, of course, increase their own revenues because there's just much more business. And in addition, it's easier for the client Plus, we are a fully regulated entity, means we apply to the same requirements on an AML side, for example, so anti-money anti laundering requirements as banks do. So it's the same level playing field for us and for them. And um, being such a player in the market makes it much easier to communicate because we exactly know what they need to apply to and the other way around. So we are not interested in, in getting issues while doing shady business. So it's important for us that we are also coping with significant players in the market, which have a, a, really, uh, a really good business model and well-designed processes as we do. And I think you don't have so many competitors at the moment. Uh, as you said, not so many um, exchanges are licensed uh, or have the licenses. So I think you have like a big advantage in, in that uh, space at the moment, right? Yes, and it's not, it's not, also, it's, it's not just being a competitor or not. Um, we, have, we, we made this first uh, white label or gray label setup already two years ago. So we have a lot of experience coping with our partners, how to set up the due diligence and compliance piece, um, how to design the processes to really stick them together and being able to also cope with huge volumes uh, like you might see it in the next bull run. Uh, so from that point of view, I think it's important to have a partner that is not just holding all the licenses you need as a, as a bank or financial institution. It's also important that you have people on board who are able to cope with it, who are able to do the operational stuff and ensure that there is reporting on the ground and so on. So everything you really need while going live, while launching it. Interesting. Okay. So um, maybe coming back a little more to your role as VP of, of compliance. So compliance is not always like the easiest part because especially in a tech environment, environment people want to build, people want to grow, people want to be fast. And so uh, compliance sometimes is not the easiest uh, view. And um, yeah, sometimes people don't like to, to stick to rules. So what are your experiences? How hard is it for you to uh, have that role in the company? And yeah, what are your experiences in that, uh, especially in, within your position? I think it's, uh, it, it works both ways. So there is, there is always something you can do to be not just seen as someone who avoids business, who limits business or who is forbidding new products. I think it's important and there is also something that helps us in particular uh, 
with the German regulation, we, we have a new product process, for example. So we are involved at a very early stage while creating the product. So what does that mean? It means that compliance becomes an enabler of business because we discuss at a very early stage with our developers, with our product teams, also our sales and marketing teams, what is possible, what is allowed, what could we do, how could it look like from a technical perspective, what are the risks, what checks do we need, what reporting do we need, how do we how do we inform the market, the regulators, and so on. So it's a lot about communication and how to put it. And, and I think this is a very creative piece of compliance that many people don't just know. On the other hand, it's a lot of communication and collaboration that is required. And that is also interesting because you realize there are so many different people and the structure of thinking is really different between people that are from a more gambling or tech background compared to people from the financial industry compared to third parties. So combining those ideas is something I think is vital to remain successful in the market. Totally agree on that. So how many people are working um, in Bitpanda or at Bitpanda for the compliance AML topic approximately? So, well, we are around 40 people at the moment. Um, and of course, depending on the requirements, on how we further develop, um, we, we well develop in that regard. Um, most important for me is that we avoid manual checks. So everything that is automated usually works better than something you have to add from a person. So, so the main piece people are working on is to further enhance and strengthen what we already have in place, make it more efficient, look at the results, dig into why do the figures look like they do and uh, look for the root causes of these developments. I think that is most important and this is what compliance and AML work is around. Why do we see certain developments? What can we do against? What did we maybe expect but didn't happen? Um, so finally, and this is also what I what I realize while working in other working groups or expert groups, um, there is not more risk from crypto compared to cash. So cash is still something that is much more critical from an AML point of view than crypto. But of course, we need to be careful. A new technology might open up for new risks. So this is something we need to constantly check to prevent and, uh, well, protect our clients finally. Can you maybe explain, you just said that from an AML perspective, cash is a lot more critic, critical or difficult, I guess, because cash can be handed over at any certain point of time and any certain um, location and nobody knows what is happening. So um, is it that what you meant or do you have like any other thoughts in your mind? Well, finally, finally, you have you have an audit trail 
when with every crypto transaction. So everything is on the blockchain. Of course, you maybe don't know whose wallet it is, but you can follow the money. You can follow the, the trail in the blockchain. So there is one day you can identify the person who is the beneficial owner of this money, of this crypto. This is not that easy when looking at cash because um, of course. there is just there is just nothing. Um, so I'm I'm always surprised if uh, if I see fraud on crypto happening, uh, like in Bitcoin or Ethereum, because there is there is no worse medium than uh, <laughs> than crypto. Uh, because you're at the moment you are just lacking the KYC piece of it, but that that'll develop. So there is further regulation on the way to also identify these wallets, and it, it might take some time until you can identify everybody. Um, but that will that will happen. So it's nothing it's nothing for sure. Usually it takes some years, and of course it's frustrating if you are the one who who has suffered a loss. Um, but, but finally, the person is found. Of course, money could be gone by then, um, but it's but there will be a fine afterwards. So from that point of view, um, I would choose I would choose cash. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think this is super interesting because, like, still people think like blockchain is super anonymous, which is totally not the case. Like you just explained. And what you also said, even if the KML is kind of missing or it's this is like a black spot or it's a white spot, basically. So we have like often we don't know who's behind a certain address or behind a certain wallet. But nevertheless, because blockchain is like saved really forever, um, you it doesn't matter when... Um, when we do have the technology or the possibilities to to do the KML, um, it will be possible. Uh, and so even if if people don't think about that risk today, um, so it might happen in the future that we, are, we or whoever will be able to find out who's behind all those addresses. And so um, it's interesting that still people think like blockchain technology is anonymous, which is just not the case, as I just said. Do you have any like interesting stories to share on that point or anything that just comes to your mind? So, well, there is, uh, so our blockchain analytics providers usually issue reports of what they have perceived. And you realize that sometimes eight or 10 years after a fraud has happened, um, people get caught. Um, and that is, I think, I think, a quite good signal to see that even if it takes some time, you are finally caught and you will be fined. You are in front of a court, and um, this is this is something I think it needs to be more prominent and needs to be needs to be communicated much more. Um, but that's that's how it goes. Because I think it will help with the prevention. If people are really clear about that possibility that even 10 years later they can be caught, maybe there would happen a lot less because like, maybe this is really something missing um, at the moment. 
um, people don't think about what what might happen or like in five or ten years. But um, yeah, it, we will see how those things evolve. Um, so I, I have another topic I would like to, to talk to you is about the, the topic of diversity. Because uh, it's, I think it's like a super interesting, but also tough job. And so uh, maybe you can let us know a little about your experiences, how Bitpanda is uh, working on that topic or what are your, um, so how, how the board is, um, how the possibilities are. Um, so what, what would you say about the role of women, especially, I mean, in the blockchain space, but especially for, for Bitpanda? Uh, well, I believe it requires a prolonged and uh, multifaceted commitment by both men and women leaders to, to identify the obstacles facing women in leadership roles. So it's important that women are given access to programs that can strengthen their confidence and set themselves up as active agents in their career growth. Um, at Bitpanda, we will be continuing our Women in Tech Mentorship Program that offers a wide range of support across multiple topics, including public speaking, career development, technical leadership, uh, but all, also a software architecture and more. That is something I think is, is important. This, this is also how I see my role as being, well, an enabler for other women to get into the topic, but also being able to step up no matter what their family situation or what their goals are. Not every woman wants to become a leader. Nevertheless, it's important to support every employee to achieve their goals, also the personal goals, because otherwise there is no satisfaction is not possible. Uh, nevertheless, I think independence is something that also comes from financial independence. So this is this is what I really like about the mission and strategy of Bitpanda. You are able to also invest small amounts of money that you can save. So one euro per day, per week, per month is should be possible for everybody. Um, and it finally helps no matter in what asset uh, you, you are investing. Um, so bearing in mind that it might become more tricky while not sticking to a career and not building a career early does not mean not achieving own goals. And of course, it is a lot of effort to grow children or have other tasks. So I wouldn't want to judge what is, what is better, what is worth, what should be valued more, but finally making sure that you also have your financial independence is something I think everybody should have in mind while thinking about own development. For myself, it is always important to be in a position to, to improve things. It's not necessarily a change, but improving things for others, for my team, for my company, is something that was always driving me and, and something I, I really appreciated. So own development, staying, staying hungry, staying foolish, finally, is, um, is something I think is important because otherwise everything is just too tough. Yes, totally agree on that. And 
you you mentioned uh, just before we started the recording that there was a survey from Bafin um, on financial education and that only like I think you only said like something around 20% of the people really have a financial knowledge a good basis to understand the markets and to make financial decisions and especially uh, on the side of women the numbers are even worse so do you have any uh, thought or recommendation? I mean, you mentioned that, that it's easy, especially at Bitpanta, to invest already with a small amount of money. But nevertheless, if you, if you do not know about the options and what you do, so is there like any personal advice from you how to start? So, well, if I could compare it to my first crypto investment, because I, I was learning all the all the banking products from ages ago. Um, so, so since I'm working two and a half decades with, with bank, banks or the financial industry. Um, so there, of course, it's it's interesting to see what kind of knowledge base is offered. Uh, but for crypto, that was completely new to me. And it was a combination of trying it yourself, just doing it, and also reading things about it, what could be a better investment and why, what is what is the idea behind it. Um, that was interesting to me, but I needed a starting point. And the starting point was the physical ledger and set something up and do something yourself. But I wouldn't have done so if I had to invest thousands of euros. So having having a, a really small minimum investment like one euro is, I think, a huge advantage because you you see a development is not so much you can lose. And looking at the knowledge base, oh, we have also have a podcast that I that I really like uh, a bit panda podcast. Uh, available on on several on, on several um, occasions that is issued where it's where you get further background of what is offered how does it work and this is easier for me to just listen to something than to read everything yes. but reading is also possible there is a knowledge base and it's really explained in a very simple manner to understand how the product works but I prefer the podcast, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think something that works very well is also YouTube because there are so many possibilities and like really nice videos and you can really have a look regarding nearly every topic. But nevertheless, what you said, you really have to try some things on your own and especially everything in the web free space is doing things on your own, trying things on your own because Sometimes you really have to search for information and yeah, it's hard to, to only read things. Um, so sometimes you really have to, to give it a try and just invest some time and maybe a little amount of money as well. True, true. So I think we already talked for, for a really long time. So um, there's one last question I would like to, to ask you. And it's, uh, tell us your favorite crypto story in 30 seconds, or if you like, a little longer. So, once upon a time. Oh, well, once upon a time, you, you needed a middleman called the bank to ensure that money arrives with someone too far away to hand over cash. <laughs> I really like that story. 
uh, yes, once upon a time you needed a bank and now you don't need a bank anymore. And I think there are many more or a lot more advantages um, with having nobody in between um, who is uh, taking care of that money because taking care is not always the positive thing and everybody always wants to earn something. So, um, yeah, for example, especially there, I mean, this is like a new topic now, but um, in some countries, the fees are pretty high, not like, I don't know, two or three percent, but maybe like 20 or 25 percent. And this is hell a lot of money. So, yeah, I like the story. <laughs> Do you have any any last thoughts, any anything else you, you want to let uh, us know? Many thanks for having this uh, opportunity and join your join your podcast. Thank you lots and uh, hope to see you soon. Perfect. Thank you so much. It was really, really interesting. I learned a lot. And yeah, thank you for, for all those explanations. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Love, love.